What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there, or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find regular episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast. Great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. And uh, you can also find the podcast on Spotify now. And you can also find some monthly playlists that I've been putting out at the first of every month. I'll put the links in the episode notes for those things. You're getting a double dose of the podcast this week. And uh, this is something that's going to start happening a little more regularly every other week. I will be dropping a new volume of I Dig Records with my cousin, Rob Bobby Grooves. So those will be coming out every other week in addition to the Friday episodes. So super stoked to be putting out more episodes per month and uh, dropping these I Dig Records volumes a little more regularly. This will also be the probably the last episode for the foreseeable future that we do two records per episode. Um, we're going to experiment doing one per episode next time just to uh, allow ourselves a little more time to to dive deep into a record. Sometimes we get into the first one and all of a sudden we're 90 minutes into the episode and haven't even talked about the other records. So we're going to try that approach for the future. Um, this particular episode, I'm, I'm super stoked about one of my favorite records that came out last year from this band, Land of Talk, Indistinct Conversations. 
from uh, the lovely label Saddle Creek. And uh, we're also diving back to 2013 to talk about this No World album from a band called Inc. So uh, we're going to jump into that. Stay tuned Friday for episode 246 with Portland, Oregon, indie rock band Stoner Control. Had a really fun hang with them over this last week. And don't forget to check out the new five-year anniversary mugs. Dan Cable presents mugs as well as the uh, the pre-order for the shirts that I just dropped. The It's a Program shirts now available for pre-order. I will put all those links in the episode notes, the shirts are just on my Instagram. So at Dan Cable presents those links will be there as well. And, uh, all of Rob's bands and, and projects, Sun King, high pulp, his, uh, his label inside voices. Those things will all be there as well. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you're finding ways to stay sane out there and, uh, reaching out to people if you need, to do so and uh yeah just uh sending all the love to the to the people that need it most right now and we're gonna dig in to volume 13 of i dig records with my cuzzo rob bobby Gruz grandfeld let's do the damn thing i just want everybody to know that i dig records I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. You ready to dig records or what? I've been digging. I never stop. Never yeah. stop. So Cannot yeah, stop. I'm, I am ready. I suppose that counts um, as being ready. Now, fingers crossed that the mic doesn't fuck up, because uh, you know, I know um, I'm supposed to be a musician with you know, audio engineering skills and I do have them, but they just, you know, I, they don't really show up when we do the cast. <laughs> uh, so I'm using a different yeah. interface this time. Um, and that hopefully well, is going to be the difference. Yeah. I'm getting a, a great clean feed on my end. So one way or the other, we're going to make this enjoyable for the, for the people listening from, from a Sonic, like Seattle supersonic perspective. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I can't say anything. I can't like speak for the content of what yeah. is about to happen, or like the opinion shared about the uh, the records that we're diving into. Yeah. Um. Or about ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. Wow, we're still we're still referencing that. We're still talking about Todd Terry's Mary as like maybe the gold standard that, for a flop on a record. I'm gonna put that on like a shirt or something. I want that to be forever, you know, enshrined. Did, right, did we, for, we do need a shirt for that. For the last episode, did you use... You didn't use my mic feed, right? No, I couldn't. It was... <laughs> Just complete it, trash. Even the what? Yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough. I don't know. Cool. Well, fingers crossed, man. You know, I mean, we're... We've, we've put our heads down and, and this... I hit record, so... Whatever happens from here on out is what happens. Yeah, get, I think I'm, we're I'm, uh, cruising you know, at uh, volume 13 here. Is it really? Uh, yeah. The cast turns teen. Now it's getting all <laughs> angsty and shit. The cast is like, you know, almost ready to drive a car, thinks they're ready to drive a car. <laughs> you know, 
rolling up paper and smoking it, pretending it's a cigarette or something. I don't think those are things I do when I was 13. But it was like things I did when I was like 15. Uh, it's been a minute though. It's been yeah, a minute dude, since it we has been a minute. Caught up on on the uh, on the mic, so stoked to dive into some records. And again, I, this just always happens. Like we intend that we're gonna speak again next week. Yeah, and but jump think, back into it. But I, I think we actually will at some point. I don't know whether it'll be next year or in a couple months or something. But I think I think we'll get the the flow of it at some point. You know. But it's busy times, you know. Somehow we're both managing to stay pretty busy despite the world being right. pretty, you know, not busy. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's you know, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I think I think plenty more I Dig Records is, uh, is on the way at a more consistent uh, rate. Yeah, well... There's a lot of records to listen to, man. I keep on going to my Discogs fucking want list, and it's just like, you have 30 records, you have 60 records, you have 100 records, and it's just like, oh, man, I have a lot of shit that I need to listen to, you know what I mean, and that I really want to go in on, and a lot of shit I want to share with people, so, yeah, yeah there's no shortage of content, you know? Yeah, I... uh I luckily have not really built up so much of a want list on there. It's um, dangerous. I have to just not really look at it too often because I'll just pull the trigger on stuff. But it, I still need to like, yeah, I need to, I need to stop the uh, the collecting <laughs> at such a fast pace. It feels like it at times. Yeah. You know, I've, I've really uh, I bought a lot of records during. No. Uh, during covid times it's an issue it's been an issue i was doing really good i actually was on like a probably like 18 month 24 months maybe even you know we're talking two years where like i wasn't i was still buying records but like like when i was in college i was just like buying tons of records and you know every single week buying multiple records and uh you know it chilled out to be like maybe once a month I'd buy a record for like a couple of years. But now, especially once I got the dig attacked, shout out to Electron making this cool ass shit and I just want to sample shit and I have the rule for myself that I only sample stuff uh that I have on vinyl not to be a pretentious asshole, but to just limit myself. You know what I mean? It's like a creative it's like yeah. cool shit comes out of limiting yourself creatively. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, it sounds really douchey though when you're like, "I only sample shit that's on vinyl," but uh, that makes me want to go deep on a lot of stuff. And it's like, oh man, I want to now. My whole want list has got a whole another angle of things that like, oh, I just want to sample this thing. Like, I don't really want to even listen to this record at a ton, but there's two songs I want to sample on it. You know? Yeah, I don't think it's like douchey from that aspect of like you're saying like just trying to even narrow down the field like there's so yeah. there's too much to choose from yeah. so if you can narrow it down to the 500 records in your collection yeah at least you're doing yourself some sort of service to no, it sounds, you know it only sounds douchey in like a funny out of context way right <laughs> you know what i mean right. like oh no like, i only I, sample yeah. the vinyl records that i own yeah it's like i only drink like bubbly water like that i bubbled myself you know what i mean 
<laughs> it's like that. So that's that's not that's what I'm trying not to be, you know. I got you. I got you. Well, uh you wanna you wanna get into the uh the picks for yeah, for this episode of the cast? What was cool about this cast this you know, this round is that the first record or the one that the one that you did I haven't ever heard and I just like had a lot of time to sit with it. And then the ink record, um, I've known and loved like pretty consistently for like six, seven years now or something. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, because we had, we had like a month in between, you know, when we last did a cast. So I've listened to this land of talk record, like more than I've probably listened to any of the other stuff we did on the cast. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you want to do first? Um, tomato, tomato to me, man. Yeah. Right. Um, let's, let's, let's dig into the, the land of talk. All right. Land of talk. I'm going to put it on in my earphones. Yeah. I'm going to go out and just say right away. I think this record is really good. (laughs) (laughs) Which? You can go ahead. And, you can go ahead and wrap it up now, folks. He <laughs> said this record's good. We're gonna go ahead. Hey, shout out to yes. Distro Kid for uh, sponsoring and supporting the episode. And uh, that's a wrap. We also, I really like the Ink record. So that's uh, right. We're all good. Peace. Yeah, we're we're good. Uh, check them out. Links are in the episode notes. <laughs> nah. Um. And the 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 significance of that is that this is an indie rock record, for lack of a better like you know box to put it in, and immediately turn a million people's brains on or off to it without ever hearing the music. <laughs> but um, I always, you know, especially like lately, haven't been super drawn to a lot of like guitar based indie rock stuff, and I think that this record is really really well crafted. It feels like it's like like that's sort of the thing for me that stuck out about it was it didn't just feel like a collection of songs. It felt like it was like a whole like mood to sort of just like, you know, uh, like marinate in, you know, for yeah. for like 40 minutes. So, fuck I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, her voice is great. Um, I had a thought about how I went for a long walk one day and listened to this and I was thinking about how I wonder how different I would interpret or feel about the record if it was a different voice. You know what I mean? Um, like I wonder if it was some like either an, uh, an other woman or like higher voice or if it was like some like super low voice. Like I think I would like it differently and possibly less i think her voice is such a like perfect it's it's like such a good dude perfect meld yeah of like sort of the whole like mood you know what i mean it's like really pretty and sort of like feels like a little like the right frail isn't the right word but it's like this like sort of like um it's like sensitive, but but not like. I don't know. It it's yeah. got a thing. It's got a thing, and it's and it works. Yeah, I think it's I think it's beautiful, man. Like I found this record real late in the end of twenty twenty. The end had of twenty twenty, no, like yeah, like two months no ago. I, no idea who Land of Talk was, and 
I was buying some records on Saddle Creek and uh, was just kind of looking at some of the other stuff on there. I checked out maybe the first two songs on this record and I bought it. Immediately bought. Yeah, and I and I bought that one and I bought the one before it just on on I didn't listen to any of that. Just kind of on a whim, you know, and That's awesome. Just kind of felt it quickly with it. It drew me in real quick. And I think you're right about the voice. Yeah. Um just the the way everything kicks in on the record and and uh just her lyrics are so so good man like yeah oh please be diaphanous i only want to be the half of us our fifth star has just begun we were spending our money we were having fun and just the way Mm -hmm. like the record opens i think is is really fucking cool um it's it kind of feels like groggy Mm -hmm. as it's opening you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like finding itself out of this haze a bit yeah there's some girth in there minute mark it starts to come out of that and her vocal like really comes in I think this, you know, like this, since I found this so late in 2020, it's hard to say it was like one of my favorite albums of last year, right. but this is easily going to be like one of the things I listen to most this entire oh, yeah. year. Yeah, man. Like, and I think you, you like nailed it and it's in my notes as well. Like just the thought it feels like that's, mm-hmm. that was put into this, like the making of this record and the sequencing specifically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is so fucking cool like i think this look look to you intro is one of the coolest tracks on the record it's yeah that's the what second I was, song i was gonna say it's very cool that they put that at the second song and it's like this intro yeah keep going keep going but i just i noted this too dude but it yeah and it's like what a cool move because i feel like it's a risky it's a risky move because you're absolutely just like putting a halt to any momentum built from that first track on the record. But they already won you over and with it. You know what I mean? Like that first track is so yeah, good. Absolutely. That they can then justify this. Yeah. 
And then like what you're hearing like sounds very much like a sound check. I thought was like really cool that we coincidentally picked these two records that each have a track on them because there's a track on the ink record mm -hmm. that also feels very much like a sound mm -hmm. check to me mm -hmm. it's the one that mm -hmm. starts off with the heavy like vocal harmonizing mm -hmm. you know which one I'm talking mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. I can't think of the name off the top of my head but I thought that was that was interesting that we kind of selected these records at random and coincidentally uh they're, they're these two records that have those tracks on them that they place there. And like just the way that intro track bleeds in to the actual track, like with that vocal narration running through it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just like in this different world. Yeah, man. I, th I think that what you're talking about that is the coincidence on both of the records we picked is also sort of something that we've talked about before on the cast where especially in the last like five, 10 years, people have started paying attention to like what the, the, the dive that they're like, they're the artist is in charge of like the listener's experience, not just song to song, but song through song. You know what I mean? Like creating this like route to, for you to like walk through their stuff and like interludes and things that are non you know quote-unquote studio songs or whatever like are so huge in that you know it's like look at good kid mad city uh, like as the the easiest yeah. example you know what i mean of just like you know using certain non-traditional non-musical things and you know these interludes and that that like concept goes way back like obviously to early hip-hop and and then before like there's all sorts of shit like that but i feel like it's coming back especially um and and coming back in a different and a more like i don't know just sort of like it it, it feels like it's a thing that that people are appreciating and, and recognizing and, and prioritizing in their releases. But like you said, this fucking intro, then going into uh, look to you, this tune is one of my favorite tunes. It's super cool. The, the intro. And this is, I think one of the reasons I like this record um, and what might set it apart from other, like, again, I really hate genres and shit, but like whatever for this purpose uh um indie rock records is this sort of like minor feel of that bass line and the driving bass line it yeah. feels like something that i would hear coming out of olympia or like maybe bellingham um but like and then when that guitar comes in here at like 40 45 seconds just uh the like sort of dis not distorted really but like sort of the angular sort of again minor sounding thing they're not afraid to lean into sort of that crunch but they're not doing it in like a superficial way and then boom they flip it right on its head at like the 50 second mark and the shit just opens up when her voice comes in at like 107 
screamy second movement. Yeah, with the ride and the big guitars, and it's like now we sound like we're almost in sort of like a like a shoegazy thing, you know. And then the harmonies come in. Yeah, and and it's super cool. I, I'm I'm sure that when they're writing these songs, they're not sitting there thinking like, oh, let's do this Olympia sort of thing, and then we'll do these two chords, and then we'll do this open up thing. It's like that's not how it goes, but yeah but somehow the result is that thing that you know it's it's just super cool it's like you can tell that they sort of just went down the rabbit hole and um yeah they found a really nice marriage of things because i know i know that i know a lot of songs that sound like the beginning of the song that don't sound like that second section and i know Mm -hmm. a lot of songs that sound like that second section that don't sound like the beginning and the fact that it doesn't just like stay in its place, but it doesn't jump around meaninglessly is right. like, that's the sweet spot, you know? Yeah. And it's like one of those things where it, I don't think that that dreamy second movement has the same impact without kind of dealing with that haunting groovy totally. elements of the, of the, uh, yeah. you know, the beginning of the track and it's a minute yeah, of this tension is just, for then just this huge release. Yeah. Just another track too, where, and it exists throughout the whole record. But her vocal delivery is really great, and I also appreciate about her her melodies and stuff is that she's not afraid to. It doesn't seem to like stray away from the structure of that at all times. You know, like she's gonna step out of it at times, and it happens on that song. Like she has this kind of this throwaway line of. Uh, mm it was a lot like that and just the delivery of it has so much attitude and impact right because it steps outside of like what what is kind of in the pocket right 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 that's almost sort of like you know a jazz inflection or something where it's like i don't know just like you know using your voice as an instrument not just by the notes it's being chosen but like you know by the way that you deliver it you know yeah and then yeah, it's and also, you know, the record's indistinct conversations and you have these little conversations that are existing in the background that you have like really no context for. You don't know if it's always like the same thing going on like it's going on during that sound check. It sounds like you're just listening like kind of eavesdropping on somebody's conversation at the bar. Mm-hmm, you know, while mm-hmm. somebody's on stage sound checking. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have that but I love the beginning of Way to the Weekend with the the fuck you, Debbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just that, yeah, that totally. random that's that's your that's your introduction to the next song, you know? That's your transition. Listen, fuck you, Debbie. Always come at me from a different angle. Make me think I don't understand how I'm feeling to the feeling that
this shit feels like some like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young type thing, you know? Beautiful song. Like, yeah, this one's just sort of a vibe. It's 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 cool. It nails that like Laurel Canyon, 1970s thing, you know. And again, that's not that's not what she's thinking when she's writing it, but it really taps into this like this cool thing that I I, I have associated, you know. Yeah. I think the guitar tones on that that track particularly are like unreal. The acoustic guitar as well is just everything on on this record just sounds amazing and it doesn't yeah, sound like there's ever like not enough production mm-hmm. or it never too sounds much. like there's too much. Like yep. it's it's seems to be kind of perfect in that way. And I kinda like that there's, you know, there is this way to the weekend and maybe a, a track or two throughout the the record that are a little straight ahead or like maybe have like just the vibe you know and Mm -hmm. it's it's uh i don't know i mean weight of the weekend's maybe one of my favorite tracks on the record i just think her vocal is just like so fucking killing Mm -hmm. on that track and just the way that that track ends with her voice her voice on the guitar it's like yeah that's a testament to yeah sort of what you're saying this is a This is a And again, like the cadence in her rhythm and delivery, I just think is like very on that undeniable mm-hmm. like Thing, yeah, she has know? tons of pocket. I mean, that's the thing that makes it feel like CSNY, you know, mm-hmm. or some of that sort of like Laurel Canyon, like 70s thing that's like influenced by soul music and stuff and, and, and also like country, but it's neither. You know what I mean? But yeah, both, it's very both, like singer songwriter. Yeah, but both of those like things that it's taking influence from are like really pocket based and like the way that she sits in the pocket just like gives this whole levity compared to if somebody else was singing it. You know what I mean? It feels so airy. Yeah. I was doing some research on it and it looked like just she and her two bandmates. She mean, I don't know if we've said Elizabeth Powell's name yet. Elizabeth Powell has not been mentioned, but uh, amazing. From what I can learn, it seems like Elizabeth Powell is land of talk. I mean, uh, it seems like there's been a, maybe a, a few constant members. Okay. And and even on this record, they're all all three of the people that played on the record. Like she does vocals and guitar and keys, right. and is also credited with like arrangements and production. But we got Mark. You know, and so Christopher is the drummer as well. Mark yeah, Wheaton, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so and then Christopher yeah. McCarran. Interesting. They have different. They had two people mix their record that's oh, crazy wow. because it sounds like so cohesive yeah um and also very cool that uh this band is from montreal yeah so that's cool i love montreal i don't know if have you been to montreal i've never been to canada holy shit dude we should go to montreal it's so fucking sick i uh, I, I really great, great things i really wanted to move there um 
for years um and i still would love to live there at some point but they have a great music scene too like huge bands like arcade fire um mac demarco uh tons of jazz shit uh yeah just awesome shout out yeah. to fucking montreal <clears throat> And they've got McGill, which we know a yeah. lot of people that have gone to McGill, like yeah. Tuan. Two members of High Pulp, Andy, uh, Tandy. Andy. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, she, Elizabeth, it looks like has has been doing this for a long time, though. Like I read that she recently um, released like her first demos or something from 1999 on oh, Bandcamp. Shit. I don't know if she kept them up there, but... I'd be interested to check out that stuff. I wonder I how have, old she is. I have gone and uh, checked out other records from the band as well. Word. Well, I mean, but what if if she was releasing demos in 99? I assumed that she was like our age or something. Maybe she is and just started writing music when she was young as fuck. I mean, our age is a little wide as well. <laughs> There's like seven years between us. But like Life After but Youth like, is also a killer record from them. How and old How old would you be if you wrote your shit when you were 1999? How old were you in 1999? I was... 85? Uh, you were 14? 14, yes. Yeah. So that's Either very way, possible, like high school demos, you know? So yeah. she's probably, you know... She might be old as fuck, age. like you. i'm just kidding um but yeah life after youth is a killer record i feel like that one's got like maybe a little more production this one this one has like the raw elements to it i think a little bit more Mm -hmm. which is which is killer but yeah man i think this is a very amazing record and uh yeah, like what was one of your favorite tunes? What do you want to play? Well, I want to play Compelled. Um, Hell yeah, dude. But before we do that, I want to talk about real quick Love in Two Stages. Because I think that as we've been talking about the sequencing, you know, I really urge the listeners to go listen to this record and listen to Front it. Front to one, back, man. Yeah, in one continuous play. Um, and yeah, when you leave Way to the Weekend and go at 11 two stages, again, another thing that differentiates it from a bunch of other records is that it doesn't then just stay in the, the sort of like grooving, vibing, vanilla lane, you know, it, yeah. it throws you back into some of this, this like eerie shit that's really this minimal is, and very yeah. slow. It's slow developing, but heavy track when the guitar comes in at the end, man, that, that because of all the space that's been left for minutes you know mm-hmm. like this guitar that comes in at what two, two thirty-five, two thirty.
it, it's what makes the the song go from like an interesting song, but something that like for me hasn't like really like isn't just if it just ended then it wouldn't be done, you know. But this little outro thing is like the thing that turns it from that to like oh this is like a perfect song for this part of the record you know and yeah that totally is a perfect bridge between like two bangers you know with you know weight of the weekend weight of that weekend and compelled yeah man love in two stages is is heavy impact this yeah, is man. a this is a heavy tune it's just it's just i understand like even just from like personal experience like the maybe like it's not pressure but like the uh, appeal of like once you hit a a pocket of like a certain vibe on a record you sort of want to like ride that out maybe you know and play like three or four songs in a row that are sort of in this like vibe but the fact that she keeps like bouncing back and forth between shit is really cool um, for sure because it works i think better than if you had like all these songs back to back that are all just sort of like this backbeat 16th note groove you know lyrics driven like it's yeah so just again this is uh this is like a master class in like crafting a record that sounds good that uh feels good but that also has substance you know has something to offer musically and innovative wise you know but is not screaming at you in that way yeah it's a it's a really cool listening experience front to back yeah and uh yeah and that transition is really great oh oh man <laughs> oh man isn't it over <laughs> Oh man. Uh, uh, yeah, let's play Compelled. You see what defeats you.
Yeah, this record's dope, man. Yeah, I think that Compelled Jam has kind of that 90s alternative kind of vibe to it. Yeah, it's you like... Know, that early it's, 90s. It, it, it's like on the... And I, I'm fully aware. It's like on the line of like almost like adult contemporary. You know what I mean? Like, but like, because it's like super poppy and like pretty like anthemic but it's so fucking good you know what i mean and it's one of my favorite songs on the record you know what i mean like and and it was it was the first memorable song on the record for me like when i listened through and i listened through again that was the one that i was like oh yeah i remember this you know what i mean yeah and then again the way that it goes right into footnotes that part's cool it like gives the whole record a new sort of flavor that you haven't gotten yet as far as the tones on the guitar it just sort of like gives you another color to like input to the you know to the to the palette That one to me is Tom Petty vibes. 100% dude. Especially the, um, you got to play like 40, like from 40 seconds. You got the, you know, the acoustic guitar just grinding, you know, just like playing the backbeat on the drums. And then it opens up four on the floor, Tom, big chords being strung or being held out. No more strumming. And then it kicks right back into the fucking groove with the like, you know, the guitar taking more of the center stage. I'll be there. Petty like masterclass again like you can tell that she is um, she has good ears and she's probably pretty well listened you know just by her ability to like seamlessly like put all these things together from these disparate places because then you go back into the intro and this sounds like something that could be like the killers you know what I mean like like I, I remember the first time I listened to this record was when I was over at, um, I, was, I went to a cabin like a month ago with, uh, my, with Sierra and a couple of our friends. And I was playing this while I was making breakfast and Mark, my buddy, you know, Mark, he was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's a really good record, isn't it? <laughs> he was like, yeah, this is amazing. And we were listening to this song and he was like, this first part reminds me of the killers. And I was like, yeah, it totally does. It like has a couple of notes that are similar, I think to Mr. Brightside or something, or has like that, like the same thing that they do in, in the, when you were young too, like just that open guitar with like sort of the chorus and the little delay thing is like, 
Yeah. Such a cool like mashup with this Tom Petty vibe. Yeah. And I think it's cool because it's it's a it's not quite on that level of polish that maybe the a killer's totally. record would have on yeah, it. It's not so like Hollywood. More of like the raw uh, tones coming through. Totally. But then also, I think that track. I don't know how as, this record's not bigger. As, like as I dug more into that track, I started to feel like sonically I was maybe like listening to a Fleetwood Mac record. Totally. Totally. You know? Totally. And, totally. Yeah. Just. Just. What a fucking killer recording and just the. Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. The mix on the drums and just yeah, I was like just gonna say that how they feel like. I don't know. They're just <laughs> there's just something perfect about how everything lies. Yeah, there's there's something really to be to be said on every every. I do not exaggerate. Every single record that like anyone loves, um, to like show some love to the to the mixing engineer, like a mix can make or break your record and it does you know what i mean on so so much shit um and the mix on this when things just fit together you know what i mean it's 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 like any other form of art it's like when when singers are in perfect harmony or like when you make a meal and like the spices work perfectly or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's you know when you get somebody that is you know the mixing engineer is in my opinion just as much a part of the band as as part of the like the outcome of the record as the people that wrote the songs and performed the songs are so it's like that's so overlooked so often and they need to the 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 mixing engineer needs to have just as strong of a vision as and and just as congruent of a vision because having a strong vision if it's not lining up with what the uh, the other people want or what the songs really dictate most importantly um you know it's going to be an issue but you know mixing engineers are like artists in their own right and this is a just like i noticed that every every time i listen to it yeah that's the perfect way to put it it's a clinic in just like you know, mixing engineers in college should be like given this record because this shit. Like, didn't did you say that they did this? Do you know where they did this? Was this in a studio? I didn't see that detail. Okay. Um. Along with that, though, I do also feel like a lot. You know, but they all got production l- credit, right? You said yeah. So, so okay, at least they're producing this themselves. They might be in a studio, but like, that's yeah. So much props. It's so dope. Yeah, I think I think uh like I agree 100%, you know, with what you're saying. But also, I think like a lot of mixing engineers, even the great ones will tell you that, you know, it's tough to work with things that like don't have any feel as oh, well yeah, to like totally. make a great record. So I nah. think like you can also tell within like the performances of the songs, it seems yeah. like a lot of it got tracked live, totally. and if it didn't, then even more more props, props to you yeah. for being able to like somehow capture that, this much yeah, feel yeah, totally. within tracks and uh and to i think that that's the reason you know like that intro track works where it's just like this very like raw file totally almost, totally where, you know it's not they didn't you know put an insane amount of production on it you know yeah. it just it made it seem like it was living 
or being captured how yeah. it was in that moment. I assume that the captures that they got of this, whether it was live or not, also just like the, the sounds and the mics, like the, they did a great job of like getting the raw files. The way that I... Th- the way that I sort of see the whole process is it's like, yeah, like there's just like roadblocks along the way. Like first thing you need to have like a good idea or vision. Second thing you need to like write a good song or whatever, you know, third thing you need to like execute the parts of that fourth thing you need to get the mix. And if any of the like first three things or 300, depending on how you break it up, you know don't happen then the mix doesn't matter like like you said any mixing engineer is like well i can mix a shitty song really well but it's still gonna be a shitty song you know or a shitty song that's played poorly so you can't make up for that in mixing but i think that i guess my point is that people don't often include mixing as a part of like as just as important of like a roadblock you know what i mean as those things you know what i mean um or like, you know, people, that's the thing I also notice, like, especially like, like running like this label, even like this DIY label, working with artists that are like, um, really talented, but haven't necessarily like written or recorded or been through the, like the, the cycle a million times, you know, and they'll like finish writing a song or finish recording the song and they'll be like, cool. So like, when can we drop it? And I'm like, whoa like we gotta mix this which is gonna take like at least a month and then we gotta master it and then we gotta send it to distributors and then we got you know what i mean it's like you know it's like oh man this shit takes so fucking long you know what i mean so yeah, yeah the song the song isn't done at all until like the master is there because that's all this artistic process but but yeah like that's like you said this is a clinic this record as far as the whole process and it's so inspiring to see it coming out on a small label like saddle creek saddle creek badass dude yeah they're they're a sick label for sure very where are they based Um, out of do you know the midwest somewhere i feel like i want to say omaha okay they got horses out there you know i recently picked up their uh they're the DVD that they have about how their label started and everything. I haven't checked it out yet, but Dude, I bought that along with those records and I'm we stoked should watch to dive that. into it. We should. I'd That'd love be to very watch cool. that. Uh, Omaha um, in 1993. Right. Wow. And, that's so long Eyes, ago. Bright Eyes was the, the baby, I yep. believe, that uh, you know put them on the map, mm-hmm. maybe. That would make sense. And it makes yeah. sense that this is, I guess... Do you consider you consider Nebraska to be the Midwest? This is an interesting question to ask an American. I I I'm not like positive if that is like it's correct. It's up for region, debate. No, but I mean, like I feel like it. It's interesting because the Midwest is so many different things, you know. Because you have yeah. like the cities in the Midwest, right? And then you have like the more outskirts, and I feel like those outskirts can feel like a Nebraska. Right. Or what else what mm. else is in there? Kansas, I think, is even considered the Midwest. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Iowa, um, obviously, you know? Dakotas. <clears throat> Cause like I went to school in Minnesota, right? Nobody's arguing. Minnesota is like definitely the Midwest. But right. a lot of people that were from Minnesota were like the, like Nebraska, Wyoming, that shit is not the Midwest. Um uh kansas yeah ah they were like 
that is or they wouldn't say Kansas was uh they would say that Kansas I don't know what they would say about Kansas I feel Maybe like they would, this but they would always say the Great Plains the plains okay you know what I mean yeah and and I feel like maybe that's like a similar argument of Idaho being a part of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's like, dude, Idaho it's is like, not. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I tell man. you what, I, it's hey, a bit different. Boise's cool. That's really all I've yeah, been to boy, in Idaho. Sick. I fuck with Idaho. Whatever. I man. live in Idaho. It's all good. But um, yeah, you guys are not a part of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> there's no that's an, chance. That's, that's going to no, be a no for me. No chance. Like the like Northern California has more of a chance for sure. Like. You know, you like, and not like the bay, but like, you know, fucking Redding. Uh, yeah, not even Redding, you know, just Shasta. like where the weed is. Fucking, uh, God, Humboldt, like that, that kind, that right. area, like you know, sort of that like Ecotopia, like from Northern California up through you know, Seattle. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, like Portland. No. Yeah, it's Portland, Seattle. Vancouver, Canada. Yes. It's yes. not Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's like how like a lot of people from Minnesota feel like being like Omaha. And it's like, yeah. But I don't know, because it's like I don't know, North Dakota, like I, I've never been to Nebraska, but I would assume that like I, like Omaha's probably like cool. It's got a music scene. There's a vibe. Yeah. There's record stores and shit. I've heard I've cool been things. Yeah, I've heard it's cool. It's like and I fuck with like like uh, a couple of those small cities in like Montana and like, you know, I don't even know what Montana is considered. They put that in like the, the like Rockies or some shit. This is the, I dig Do you think everybody's going to be special that we're giving like, yeah, like a geography lesson. <laughs> I think, like we're dude, on, I do think it's pretty interesting though. I fucking love geography. I think this shit's interesting. I know, dude, dude. How are you going to say somebody that lives in fucking Ohio? You know what I mean? Is like, yeah, like, you know or or like like where's it end like i guess pittsburgh is pittsburgh on the east coast because now you're in like pennsylvania yeah. okay so like like what fucking what borders pittsburgh or what borders pennsylvania to the what west? are we doing dude i'm i'm making a point and i don't know why but it's important to me um yeah, dude. But you have fucking, like the East Coast. You have the Northeast, and yeah, you have the but Southeast. Dude, Pennsylvania and Ida, or, and uh, and Ohio border each other, and it doesn't make any sense that people would consider for some reason like Cleveland and fucking you know Western Kansas or, or Western Nebraska to be the Midwest at the same. That's a real time. thing. Pennsylvania and Ohio border, border each, each other. other. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You're blowing my mind right. Yeah, now. dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it gets real skinny over there, dude. Yeah. That's the thing that we don't realize when we're from here and people like you go on tour and it's like three weeks to go from Seattle down to LA, you know, not even hit Texas or anything. Just like come up through fucking Denver, you know, Salt Lake, whatever. But you can get over there and you can do everything. You can go to fucking Detroit. You can do like New York to Detroit to like fucking like, you know, Virginia, you know, and do that like loop in the same amount of time, play twice as many shows. It's like bananas. Yeah, I've been uh I've had quite a few East Coast bands on recently mm-hmm. and I've been I've been kind of talking to them about that how it's I, so I always admire the amount of like major cities that they can hit within you, such a short amount of time. There's so. so many markets. But yeah, you can edit that out if you don't want the people to listen no. to it. You can hey. you can put it as a little side like 5 no, minute podcast. It's in it is, there. 
you know, Rob and Dan talk geography, but yeah. you know, no, it's it's in there, and so is this now analysis of, of it. Of okay, it. yeah. Well, while so. we're talking about more non-music shit, I just want to say I agreed with your Instagram opinion about the Red Wings jerseys, unis, dude. The as new a whole. Detroit Red Wings jerseys. They they sold you short, Red Wings fans. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, this is the, honestly bro. they. They're, they're they're not good. If somebody see, commented and said that the gray stripe on the jersey and on the socks looked like duct tape, <laughs> and I told them that they nailed it, that that is spot on. What if it was? Did, are you sure it wasn't? It was not okay. duct tape. Word. That's a ridiculous thing for you to even say. I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> people do shit when you're playing sports, but it's it's not a good look. All I'm saying is that it's the same thing happening in the NBA, where like. You're watching, like, I was watching the Bulls the other day, your Chicago Bulls, and (laughs) they were wearing, like, charcoal gray, and, like, I swear there was, like, red with, like, a green accent, and I was like, this is crazy. This makes no sense. And I, I, it's cool. I'm not even against it. You know what I mean? Like, I understand, but it's, like, also very funny that, like, every NBA team now has, like, 10 jerseys, so they can just sell all those variations, you know? You know, well, the the NHL did uh, what they call the reverse retros this year for every team, and I think probably eighty five. What's the reverse of them retro? Are, are are really great. There's some really dope ones. I think they did mostly like a killer job. What do and they I'm mean not reverse? Positive. That's this is. They just like took retro jerseys and they reversed the colors in them. Oh, cool. That's tight. Um, but. Yeah, like I think um I don't know for sure if that was the Red Wings the Red Wings uh reverse retro. I can't even talk, dude. That's a lot of R's. The Red Wings, <laughs> the Red that's Wings a reverse twister, dude. Red, the Red, <laughs> the Red, Red Wings, Wings reverse reverse retros. retros. <laughs> the Red Wings reverse retros. Uh, yeah, I don't know if those were them. Getting I'm loose pretty on sure Dan they Cable were. Presents, man. And uh, yeah, those are the 15 percent that I I could really give a fuck about. They're pretty. They're Wait, pretty. Terrible. Those were technically a reverse retro. Potentially, I I'd have to look. But their fucking uniforms haven't changed at all then for like I'll, since that long. Those are like still their uniforms, right? Like nothing of like. No, there's some like there was some subtle differences, but, but like it's the same logo. It's just like a trim thing. Yeah, they didn't they didn't really do much with theirs. I and feel it's like disappointing if you're going because retro, like the Red Wings really like go back to a whole other logo or color scheme, you know? Yeah, well, they've never had really a different color scheme than yeah. red and white, which yeah. is fine. That's but cool. there was That's no funny. reason to just like throw gray on it yeah, in yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, and uh, it was just a, a bummer to see because I don't even give a shit about the Red Wings. They're just it's just like. Yeah, this is an original six team. Right. And you should... uh, Original six. Red Wings, Maple Leaves, Canadians, Islanders. Ooh. No. Okay. Penguins. Pittsburgh. I don't even know who you picked so far. Okay. Flyers. Flyers. You... Of the original six? No. Yeah. Uh, The North Stars? No. Dude. Okay. What the fuck? Who? Rangers? rangers sorry that's what i meant when i said islanders okay you um, got the new york part right yeah um and then is it another canadian team because you got you got the is it two or three canadian teams two okay so i got those huh. montreal canadians yeah montreal and the maple leafs toronto maple leafs the rangers 
New York Rangers. Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings. Um, who's the other one that I said already? Fuck Boston man. Bruins. Boston Bruins. Yeah, Bill Burr. Duh. Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. So okay. That's your Seattle Kraken. Seattle. I'm gonna. You know, I know that the world all they want is another podcast from me. So I'm gonna. I am gonna like reboot the hockey podcast in 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 for next season. Dude, maybe a little bit this this year. So have me um, on as a person. Have me on as a person that doesn't know about hockey and that can be for your intro. You know, listeners, because because of my charisma and all that. Yeah. Well. I'm sure everyone would love to hear more about my opinions about hockey jerseys, but I want to talk about All right, the vocal a, treatment a. That, goes, a. That, that kicks off AB Futures that might be on this the, record. The, the largest detour we've ever had on I Dig Records. That was a big, that was a big one. Yes. Um, yes. I really dig that vocal treatment, though, that kicks off uh, the beginning of that track, and then it, like, cleans up as it, as it like, really kicks in. thing with the non-distorted guitar you know feels yeah. real like early 2000s indie rock it's like the shins you know what i mean did you see that she uh did some stuff with uh, american football i did yeah, yeah she like sang on their last record yeah which is which is super cool and I, I hear that and i also like it makes me appreciate american football for recognizing her you know what i mean yeah because that makes uh, sense but it's like they're not playing the same exact kind of music There's a performance on there. You should check it out. Cool. Shout out KXP, the Seattle flagship. You know, you can also check out the High Pulp KXP session, which I highly suggest. And you can see my cuzzo, this this uh, fella. Don't watch um, before it. the hair went pink. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. I mean, you can. You should watch it. You should watch the Land of Talk one though first. Land of Talk one is really great. Um, this whole record is just yeah we've oh, said wow, it cool. before but really just <laughs> we've said it many times now. front to back and and what a length under 40 minutes i i think that again this it's is perfect. why it's a master class like i i would really say that this record is like this okay i remember when um the black album came out by jay-z i was yeah. talking with my teacher in high school who really liked hip-hop as well and he was one of the few people that i could talk to about hip-hop at my high school and he was like i just wish that every rap record was 
as good as the black album like in that it like i wish that that was just like the bar because like it's it, like i don't think that this is like a world ending record i think it's like really incredibly delightful i think it's really well crafted i think it's masterfully written so i don't fun. think it's reinventing the wheel at all but like i love it and i feel like that where it's like i wish that i just wish that this is what every indie rock record was <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it's amazing but then this wouldn't be this no of course not um their keys player has a very cool setup for the uh i can't really see it but for the kxp seems like they got into some like definite like synth world stuff uh festivals most stripped down track on the record love how where this song goes at the end where you can start to hear like the sounds of the streets kind of yeah. creep in and yeah. it's again just like another really raw and it's good foreshadowing of the energy it's the way it good foreshadowing of the energy that like you're nearing towards the end of the record you know um yeah I, I, again this taps in the whole record front to back is just written well and then now you want to live in the light do you know that song um stable song by gregory allen isakov yes it felt so much like that at the beginning you know just in the same like in such a great way, you know what I mean? Like, that's the type of song you want to, like, hear at, like, fucking Red Rocks or some shit, you know? Ring like silver, ring like gold Ring out those ghosts on the old But yeah, I mean, Now You Want to Live in the Light is, um, I appreciate it at the place it is on the record, also because it shows you a really, really stripped down song that they could have done in like a full band way, maybe in, in, a, yeah. in a way that like they couldn't have done, it wouldn't have served the other songs that are pretty like minimal to like build them up. But this right. one they could have built up, but they chose not to. And that showcases her songwriting, I think yeah. more, you know what I mean? than like turning this into like Kyoto, you know what I mean? By the Phoebe Bridges song, which is a great song. Right. But like, it, it's just like, this feels like the other end of that spectrum because they could have done that to this song. Right. Just put a fat drum beat under it and, and just like, you know, get the get the bass roll in. But it's a di it hits different like this. And I, I prefer this. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is like one of my favorite songs on the record. Take a deep breath and you reach out to me. Starts to fade 
The spirit of like the lyrics too, and the feel of the song. Like it just feels totally. like she's in this room alone with that this might guitar, be the yeah. and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just like really impressed with the lyrics and the the melodies like across the board. And like I said, just the the vocal delivery is memorable. I think like on every track, and yeah, it's just. No, it's she's really fucking talented. Thing, yeah, really fucking good. 100% like, like just, that's like I said earlier. I was like, how is this record not bigger? I Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't hear about it, like, in certain, I, just from anywhere. You know what I mean? Not that I hear about everything, but like, something like, of this quality, I feel like, you know, I would have heard of, but... I'm sure I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, yeah, you dumbass, you know? But, like, I don't know. I'm just not tapped in. Yeah. I'm fucking old, dude. I'm just uh, really, I don't know. I've, you know, I, be- I became obsessed with Young Jesus, and that was my gateway kind of into this Saddle Creek life. It's super and, cool to look up shit by the label, man. That's like, yeah. That's one of my favorite things. And, yeah, and they, like, put out the Cursive Domestica record, and I, like love that record as well yeah just so much so much good stuff that they've uh put out i think the big thief stuff is maybe Mm -hmm. on on saddle creek um and this is kind of like now you want to live in the light is is pretty much the last track on the record as you know indistinctive or indistinct conversations is just kind of you know those out of context yeah and unpopular opinion maybe i could do without this track i understand like i i'm not like i understand that like it makes sense for it to be there and i love that it's the last track you know so i can like not listen to it if i don't want to but i do just feel like this was my one critique literally my one critique of the record is just that so many people are doing this now myself included like on certain records i think i've probably like had some like phone message you know what i mean like compilations sound collage but like i do feel like i'm just like ah you know and i wonder like if i don't know i don't know yeah you know it's just like this one i was like oh like and it's it's pleasant you know but i just feel like it's i feel like it's a trope now that like mm. one out of every like five records you listen to of any genre is gonna have like some like sound collage interlude with like messages on a voicemail you know yeah 
I feel you. I don't agree at all. Totally. And I can't get enough of things like this. I know. And like, I, I also like do like what they do musically mm-hmm. to uh, give it its feel. Because I think that that is, you know, that's the crazy thing about just putting instrumentation to, to shit. things that aren't music. And, and how you can, you know, really fuck with the feel of things. My God. I think that your opinion is is probably the right one. Oh no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> like like I fully I fully understand that. Like like I said, like unpopular opinion. But yeah, I just it, it that was how I felt about it. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like it just happens so much now, you know. But like, I wonder yeah. if like a, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like some artists. Like if Alex G did this, who I I knew I loved, would I like feel differently? Am I giving there some benefit of the doubt or lack thereof? But I don't think so. Actually, I'm trying. I I think I think I still would be like well, meh. Yeah, I don't know. I think they did like kind of this cool like explosions in the sky, low key version yeah. of that. Like no, with I think these uh sa- like these vocal samples, these messages. Like and- I said, I think you're right. I think you're right. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just like ah, I just feel like this is like. It's like almost like corny, but it's not corny. It's just played out more than it's corny. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I feel. But um, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, I also like totally appreciate the narrative like um, like resolution, you know, of like they've been like having these indistinct conversations throughout the course of the record, you know, in the background. And then this is the last song, which is like a bunch of those. You know what I mean? Like it ties it together. So another reason why i'm wrong but i just can't get over the feeling i have (laughs) yeah for sure i got you you always got me cousin you're just wrong (laughs) i know i know i I got you i'm I'm saying i'm wrong but yeah um land of talk amazing record thank you for putting this into the world and thank you for giving me some yeah some excitement around the indie rock genre to put you guys in a box so everyone can turn off their minds. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I'm glad really you dug this it. though. Oh man. I'm not, so I'm saying like, I am glad I did too. Like I, I, I'm yeah. I, I feel very, very stoked to, to have, I think this, this is uh, one of the best records that we've done so far. I do too. I, I think that, I think that the songwriting is, is, is like 100% exquisite like i think it's up there i think it's like whoa exquisite yeah dude i think it's like amazing fucking songwriting wow. yeah x fucking choice words exquisite dude <laughs> squizzy um, squizzy dizzy, yeah dude. great record land of talk 
highly suggest that you uh, go back, check out some previous stuff because I do feel like those records are uh, different than what they present here. And I know you're a big fan of that. Yes. And uh, just getting some uh, some different looks at things. Yeah, but, I want to uh, go back. I want to listen to some of their old shit. I haven't heard any of it. What are you going to play us out with? I was thinking about playing us out with uh, out, of th- out of this portion of the the podcast with uh footnotes cool love it because then we get the back so this is footnotes off of uh indistinct indistinct conversations land of talk So thank you for bringing that to my ears, Damn Cable cousin, Damn Cable, presenting me. You're welcome with that record. Um, and uh, yeah. Now, what did you think about my? And thank you. Late night sexy time record. <laughs> Your late night sexy time record, Inc. No World. Yes. 2013. I remember you telling me about this record 
when we first started doing like talking about doing this podcast and those like like first three episodes that we did before the reboot or whatever when i was in minnesota uh, i think we were gonna do this record yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. you were in minnesota wow and i remember on last episode of the cast you introduced this record as something that uh was it your roommate in college that like found it was it my buddy gta yeah my buddy ross we never lived together but we played in bands together he's he was one of my closer friends in college and um we are still good friends. He's doing stuff for Inside Voices. He's an amazing artist. He goes by Lone Front. Um, amazing techno artist. Super fucking killing. Um, modular synth shit. But yeah, he came up to me one day in the library and was like, dude, I was playing GTA the other day and check this out. <laughs> and he showed me the song. I don't even remember. I don't know what song it was. But uh, it. I was just like, dude, what is this? You know, like this is this is a fucking vibe it was the place um the place was was in gta uh five and yeah i was just yeah, like first track on the record yeah and i was just like what is this and it's like what i loved about it's amazing it, dude cool i'm glad you dig it because like what i love about this record is that it's like it's like some real like there's like a heavy dose of like pop in it and by pop i mean like popular music with like like in 2013 popular music like 808s snaps claps like really like la like hip-hop influenced sounds um and like the clave like just like in in the beginning of the place like that's the same exact rhythm that's in a milli you know so you have this like super like hip-hop pop like influence and like texture amidst like this like whispery <laughs> type vocals <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like dude what the fuck is this you know this shit's crazy record obviously you fuck with it the whole record or just the place or how do you feel about it oh yeah the whole record there's uh there's not much that i i don't like about it i think it's just like a really killer vibe and i think it's uh i found it to be somewhat similar to the the shoddy pimp thing in mm. which like they really stay in one yep. lane yeah. for a lot of the song and it's really just like with this like the slow developing things that happen yeah. those small things that come to life yeah it's at like, different oh, here's points a new pad here's a new synth here's a new like whatever the snare drum and how about the solo like on this on the on place, the place? Yeah, like at the end of the song that kicks around like 210 
Yeah, and I can't really find much about this band, them. I mean, it's just like these two brothers. Like, what? what's their name? Um, yeah, Andrew and Daniel Aged or Aggied. I'm not really sure Aged, how you say yeah. the last name. But yeah, they're... Aggied. Um, so I, I kind of found that, you know, like maybe like a few years back, it seemed like they did some live sessions and then... It looks like Daniel's really active musically, and I checked out some of his recent solo music. Under his name. And he's the bass player. Yeah, he's the bass player, and it's like some really like huh. wild ambient shit. Cool. Uh, it's pretty, it was pretty cool what I found. Whoa. Um, I couldn't really find much from Andrew, um, so I'm not really sure, but... Andrew's got the killer, the killer voice yep. on the record. It seems like, yep. Um, like Black Wings, Black Wings is uh, is a dark, dark little tune. Yeah, love the production, the- like on this whole record. attacked like what i showed you the sort of stuff i've been doing and i did one that's only sampling this record so it's like five songs nice with acapella freestyles over shit and one of the ones that i sampled was was black wings slowed it down and put method man over it but this guitar part dang this guitar part is very cool and i showed it to uh i forget who i showed it to but they were like yeah man they're like this sounds like some like Lil Peep guitar and I was like oh yeah that totally does like make <laughs> sense as like that is some like Lil Peep vibe you know um but yeah I think Black Wings is a cool vibe yeah I like I like when the uh the vocal melody kind of opens up a couple times in that song like mm-hmm. around the three minute mark mm-hmm. it gets kind of leans in and yeah I think the whole record also just kind of gives me some like gives me the the things that I like about Tycho and kind of like the balance between the live instrumentation and the electronic instrumentation. Totally. And how well it's balanced in the mix and like the choices used. There's always something like interesting going on with some of the production. Yeah, and I think that the one of the huge takeaways from this record is that like this if we're talking about that land of talk record being a clinic of like, you know, production and flow and, you know, that those millions of things that we mentioned that I can't remember all now, but this record is a masterclass in melody, like in just like hooks. This record is like, Oh, here's a hook for the verse. 
here's a hook for the chorus. <laughs> here's a hook for the bridge. And it's, it's like butter. every single it's song. It's just butter everywhere. Yeah, every single song is just like, oh, dude, that's a memorable lick. That's memorable. That's memorable. There's no like, like, yeah. And it's all so quality to the extent that like, it's crazy. Like you, you might, it could all blend together until you listen to it like, 30 times and then you're like oh dude every song is just fire and every song has this amazing yeah. part you know on lifetime the the drums have that verb on it yeah on the snare like yeah. that's a really cool and don't you feel like don't you track. feel like the uh the chorus at like 148 don't you think that this sounds like some like pharrell shit or something like neptune's shit like yeah or like timbaland even jt yeah. oh, this you know is, jt yeah, shit for sure like yeah dude cool because it's like this that's like again this thing i'm talking about where it's got this like you know 2013 hip-hop production but like with clear like obvious influence also from like early 2000s hip-hop you know and yeah like really and like, just like mainstream also like shit like late 90s r&b r&b 100 percent yeah you know, just and michael just jackson huge. shit too and prince like you hear it all you know yeah the bass lines on the whole record when you get into like five days just this was also in GTA five days and this one like is definitely one that like could easily be turned into a hip hop track, you know, just like, but I, I don't know what, I wonder what keyboard they're using because these, <coughs> these pads are all super cool. Like they're super vibey. I mean, dude, just picture yourself. You're playing GTA right now. Yeah, you're man. just cruising the city at night. You're yeah. not even. You're not even like shooting. You're not even trying to get five like stars. You're causing just, any debauchery. <laughs> yeah, you're dude. just like cruising the streets, just like fucking, slowly too, yeah. like at a reasonable speed yeah. too. You're not even no, you're speeding. Just you're just and, hanging. And you're All just the lights are off. Jam. All the lights are off in your house. You know, you just yeah. you're just in it. You're just that's where you are. You're just cruising around. Yeah, yeah, man. This you're just going song, for a drive. You're just listening to the radio. You know, and you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like fuck yeah, man. super sick thing about this record is that you can find it on vinyl for like 15 bucks it's like oh hell very yeah. gonna, available until sure. until I'll we be, blow I'll it be up picking one up yeah until it gets the idr bump that's right and you know that's that's what we're the new pitch you know, that's the dangers of us you know picking yeah. your record you yeah know? yeah distributors they hate us <laughs> 
a distributor's got, nightmare. That's then, what they call this podcast. Yeah, then they got to go back to the label and ask for more. Distro Kid loves it though because they get the the streams. Yeah, you know? that's right. Getting those streams, and we love Distro Kid getting those <laughs> plugs. Um, all right, let's talk about trust, and then we'll then we'll play a song. But um, hell below this one. I'm going to go out mm. on a limb and say it's good. Thundercat vibe for me on this uh, one. That's a cool, that's a cool connection. Totally makes sense. Didn't, Uplifting didn't jam. It, didn't see it. Fat bass line. Yeah. The thing about it that I love when the groove comes in at 30, 34 seconds uh, uh, and then it has the, the groove keeps going and then three, four, boom, <laughs> just like the two at the end of every groove it's like so good such a simple drum production and this is why everyone like can be a drummer like so many people some of my favorite drummers are like not the most killing like technical bullshit doesn't matter you know what i mean like it's like it like you could write this drum part and just be like here's this groove and it's six beats of the same thing or whatever and then here is just the all all that they do is they take they take away some notes and then they just play three four and the whole thing gets this like bounce to it because of that you know right so like that's the thing man about like all of this shit is that this is like similar to the uh land of talk record like and i do think yeah i don't, I don't know it's just like you can do so much with like simple ideas and like really like being masterful songwriters. Yeah. Very simple record. Totally. Oh yeah. It's like maybe even more simple than the land of talk. Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, it's, it's less challenging and it's like, it's, it's, uh, again, I think like going back to the shoddy pimp thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, or, you know, listening to that two chord song. I'm a basic bitch, dude. I I just want, I just want it to (laughs) stay. I just want the one chord and then the second chord and then you just go back and forth and back and forth and twist the fucking LFO. And then, you know, uh, put some delay on it and i'm good you know and just keep your records below 30 minutes and you know i'll i'll buy everything um the last minute when the when like the full drum kit kicks in on that song i feel like mm-hmm. is really dope you get the yep. full band just, just killing it what do you think about the artwork i feel like it's perfect for what it is 
What does that mean? You mean you think it's perfect? Like, I feel why like do you it, have to say for I feel what like it, it is? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What the fuck does? What are we doing? <laughs> No, no, no. I agree with you. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I just meant that like I'm I, just fu- uh, I'm just fucking with you. I think it fit it fits the vibe. I agree. I know? think it's I think it's wonderful artwork. I think that both records from today's cast are uh All right, here. Look. <laughs> If what <laughs> if I saw this cover if I no I'm gonna you'd tell be you like, you'd be you like you'd be like this is some lame this. shit and then you're like <laughs> I fucking love it now no. <laughs> I feel like if I saw this record cover in the electronic vinyl section yeah I'd be like oh that looks like an electronic record oh yeah 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 totally totally. I mean, it really is like some, totally. it, it really looks like some like LA shit, like, you know, with like, like that, this dude's torn shirt probably costs like 600 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it definitely like has like a vibe. That's a pretty big assumption, but it's possible. Yeah. It, it has a vibe, you know what I mean? But I think it's perfect for the record and I've come to just like adore the record uh f- front to back and and the artwork and everything i think it's perfect but yeah i understand you hate yeah, it yeah it's dope all right let's play let's play angel off of uh no world
another great example of a song that is like super super tapped into like the late 90s r&b early 2000s hip-hop yeah, yeah. like just like really like that like hi-hat work yeah you can feel like it, it sounds like it's like a timbaland thing you know or like some like slow jam that you would hear like on on like big radio you know so good and it's cool because they lean into it like i feel like if like i don't know i just like love that they commit to like this thing and they don't like some people some people might listen to this and be like this shit's like corny you know i'm like yeah i, I understand no, i understand but i understand it if they say that but i'm just like i love this record <laughs> you know what i mean like i love the vibe i love how like in they go like on this like thing you know what i mean to dude if we went for a drive at night you just put this on i think you were trying to make a move <laughs> i might be <laughs> i wouldn't say shit <laughs> this is like another one of those though like yeah just like the record previous there's no reason to uh like put down the phone like there's there there's no need to skip anything here yeah 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 that's a good good point yeah. that i think is is really the thing that separates like we've talked about like a solid record versus just like especially as vinyl lovers you and i man can you think about how amazing it is like think about the records in your head that you know that you just like don't like have to even wish you wanted to skip a song you know because when you're listening on a vinyl you're, you're gonna listen to the whole record you know unless you really want to go over there and, and yeah. move the shit and right those records that you can just put on and you flip and you put on is like that puts them in a whole nother tier of like you know love because you know you can just yeah. enjoy it the whole time it's crazy how like you have a record that has like six of of eight songs that you love some like prince records like that for me and i like them but i listen to them less frequently than i listen to the records that i have that are just like straight front to back perfect you know i think the the vinyls though that you know maybe the ones where there are some tracks that that you're not quite all in on it does force you to like listen to those too you wind maybe up like you learn to like appreciate you, you come around to about him. like yeah. it over time. Yeah. Not always, you know, but uh, I think that's also like a good thing about it's very dope you know, when you that, do. Yeah, totally. The part of the listening experience. But yeah, I think this is like kind of one of those one of those records where it's like 
yeah, there's there's nothing there's none of that in here. There's no filler. Like it's all it's all just dope front to back and uh yep. this seventeen track. Seventeen's great. Really sick. I know you dig this one quite a bit. I love I just love how it goes in and they sort of like bring in the hi hats and the things are moving and it's sort of got a a wet sound to it. It's very legato and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At like 50 seconds when they go back into the verse, it just gets this like pocket and this sort of bounce that is coming from taking things away, which is super like, I just think it's like really very cool and unique, you know, in the way that they're able to like create that. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, we don't need to I uh, will play another one so you can put this on for the listeners but like I think that you know this is also a nice part of the record we're like 75% of the way through to hit him with sort of like a little bit of a a like one that you can get lost in it's pretty it's like sort of flat as far as the like structure and the um and the like you know sonic level of like how loud and quiet she gets it up and it just like has super cool bounce to it you know yeah i put it up like and i i pitched it up and turned it up speed and yeah man it's just like i dig it what do you think about desert rose that's another one of your favorites desert rose is cool man (laughs) that guitar is uh, love the guitar on this track Mm -hmm. yeah the textures and just the mix on the whole whole album is great. But I think the guitars kind of make me feel like it's this modest mouse Frank Ocean thing going Ooh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think that that is just like such a such a cool vibe for sure. And I think this is like one of those tracks that I'm talking about that maybe, you know, could maybe feel repetitive. But I think like the patience to stick with it to you know be able to pick up on some some of the subtleties that develop and some of those those little things that start coming through is is uh is really dope
Yeah, I think it's cool too because at this point on the record, you have some guitar solos and stuff, but most of the stuff that you've gotten as far as the main groove has been keys. So it it gives it the record, like you said, this is like a vibe and it just stays in it. Um, but that little variation even, just going to the guitar, gives it enough, you know, movement that it's like, okay, cool. I'm able to differentiate the shit, you know? Yeah, but then you slide ahead towards the end of the song, you know, you get into like that 250 mark and you start to be hit with some atmospheric shit that, right. you know, hasn't been there, right, right. showed its face at all. And that kind of gives it this whole different dimension to play the tune out, which is dope. Yeah, absolutely. And then sort of the last song, I mean, Naraya's song is also cool. It's like definitely an outro but careful i like the snare drum sound that's what i always take away from this it's like that like it's not like a bell but it's like like rings out and it's got a really like low like snare like there's almost no snares on it you know what i mean yeah i think i think some of the the early moments of this song actually kind of give me some of those Phil Collins vibes. Totally, totally, totally. Like very much so. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really, really cool jam. Obviously, if it's fucking speaking Phil to me, I'm, I'm like, he's in. I'm in he's it. In. You know. <laughs> I like I like as the song gets deeper in, like into the middle around like two fifteen. Um, he really like leans in to this high pitch stuff that I feel like doesn't really show itself much anywhere else than than on this track, and I think that's like a really great section. Oh yeah, one thing I also wanted to mention is that they collabed with FKA Twigs. Super badass. Super badass. Who who is that? FKA Twigs. Ink and FKA Twigs did a collab together. I don't I don't really know if I know who that is. Oh, I gotta put you on to FKA Twigs. She's amazing. Yeah. She's from uh, England and she did the record Magdalene last year and she had a couple EPs before. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh I got you. I'll send you some shit. But like that was some cool shit to see that FKA Twigs was tapped into that because she's uh she's definitely like she gets she can do whatever she wants, you know. Yeah. I like I like this in I don't 
the uh the simplicity like overall with this record though like even in the the lyrics yeah are just very like a lot of repetitive stuff but i feel like it's like i appreciate the lyrics and how they like sit in the songs doesn't feel like cheesy to me yeah i think that the thing about this record is like you said it's one for like just cruising around to or like if you're like hanging and this is a vibe like <laughs> you're trying to create a vibe you're trying to create a vibe <laughs> you can put this record on you know like it's not this isn't uh you know fucking to pimp a butterfly or fucking uh no you know some fugazi 13 songs you know what i mean like this is this is just this like could have that marvin Gaye vibe effect, yeah know? yeah yeah totally <laughs> totally so i dig that because you know it's it's just a, a testament to how deep they get on just creating that vibe you know i like music that sort of just puts me in a place you know and uh yeah this is a master class in that yeah, this this iTunes uh description on this record is uh has some pretty interesting uh notes on like what they like the feels of this record and one of them says electronica like Pharrell Pharrell Williams as Steely Dan. Yeah. And then the other one is uh <laughs> cool. I think this one's really good too. It's the album Leaf mated with Prince. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Like a totally. dialed in kind of like yeah, print, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. There's also some Those like boards really of cool. Canada going on and like yeah, it's just like and then Timberland, you know, it's like that's Yeah, I thought that that and yeah, Justin that's Timberlake, very, like, you cool, know. Uh, that's a very cool uh reference for that stuff for sure. Naraya song, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> just like just like the last track on the last record. <laughs> you know yeah but it's cool um, again like I, i'm 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 down uh, yeah it's, it's I would just rather like a have, track I'd rather it's just have a, a book of theirs that was like a full-blown one it's just a little trippy bookend like yeah. kind of got those 16-bit casio vibes going totally. on at times which doesn't really show itself on the record so i thought that that was you know like a cool shift I have um, Doug putting this on at a party or something in the background, and then this song comes on, and it creates a cool vibe. It makes you feel like you're at like a bar or like in a room with a people. cool vibe for what? <laughs> uh, just for like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, so on the vinyl, is that voices track not on there? What voices track? So like on the version that I listened to on Apple, there's a there's, song called Voices. There's a, bo- there's a bonus song. Oh no, dude! It I've says never, bonus on it. I've never heard it. Okay, well it's called Voices. Shit. And I'm gonna go look it up right now. Honestly, this is um my least favorite track, and I kind of understand why it's a bonus track because it doesn't have uh it doesn't have the same feel. Yeah, I've never heard the this. other tracks. And it, like the the Casio vibe of that breather of uh of that Naraya song. Yeah. Kinda kinda is creeping in the background. And I, I just think it's like it's really distracting. 
and it kind of just like steps away why like why i think this stuff is good yeah i'm listening right now for the first time i i do understand what you're saying that it does feel like a little cluttered you know like yeah my ears have to go to a different place to appreciate that than the other fucking 10 songs on this record you know like the other 10 songs are tailored towards the same ears whereas this is like oh like we're going to a whole nother place interesting yeah what number is this on on the record for you like what track is it is it the last it's track 12 okay yeah dude yeah. wild is it not on spotify like that no no it's not i've never heard the song in my life oh, it's an apple bonus track I yeah guess dude. apple only ink loves apple and they've now changed their name to ink no world which is fucking confusing when you think about it. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the band? Yeah. Because <laughs> on Apple, they have that under just ink. No, yeah, but then go to Ink No World. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, there is a whole separate and you see account. This. I wonder if that was a just a, a copyright kind of like a legal thing. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, so they released a record in 2016. Another yeah, one. I saw that. Have you have you ever checked it out? I have. Uh not super deep. I need to listen more before I tell you exactly what I think. But uh But yeah, man. I'll have to check this out. Yeah. Um great record though, man. Like yeah, this is like definitely it. like a cool like you said, just a a cool vibe totally. you know, to like throw on if you're if you're just looking for something for the for the hang or the drive um and just yeah great hooks great vocal it's a vibe like it's it's such a it's cool that we had like two really amazing singers on this episode but very different uh approaches you know Mm -hmm. like we have this like same with the instruments yeah yeah, very different, but and and yeah, just that weird parallel with the uh with the track um that kind of feels like the sound check on on this one. Right. Great record. I'm glad I'm gonna you get did, this. man. Yeah, it's good. It's I'm worth getting, having. I'm get, yeah, I'm going to definitely if it, it's a great one for no, no for reason vinyl. not to get this. It's just it's just one you can put on and let it roll while you're making dinner. Hell yeah, this is this is dope. What? Just this this record is dope. Oh, cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to play us out? Wait, with? what? Hold on. Let me play us out. Yeah, we got. Um, first of all, we gotta we gotta pick some records for next time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, well, when we do uh, play it out, let's play it out with the place. That's the one that first. I think got that's me. a great choice because so. that's probably like easily the best song on the record too easily um, yeah it's up there easily all right people so 
we're doing a different a different thing this week. We are doing and we're doing a different thing overall. Also, yeah, are we? Be, we're doing this shit's forever. Gonna, shit's gonna be changed. We're up. never going back. No, we're going like we're. This we're means doing I need to buy records time. in order for you to no, listen no, no. to them. No, I'm down. We're not gonna do this style every time. Oh, okay, but we are. We are gonna, you know, switch up the format a little bit and try to do one record at a time after this. Oh, this one as well. yeah. So. I was talking about discogs. I know what you're saying. Oh, you're confusing me, So why don't you tell me, the man? listeners what, the what we're doing? Sorry. I'm sorry. All right, man. Um, This is why we need to do this more <laughs> regularly. Our communication is off. Okay? And why we our need to do it. chemistry isn't there. No, our chemistry is there. I would say that. No, I don't feel it. It doesn't feel the same, <laughs> I would okay? Say that, you need to start no, no, figuring no, no. out how to spend this, more time I'd with say, me. I'd say this episode has been high highs and low lows, you know? That's what I'd say. This is for the real heads, you know? Like I'll edit I'll edit out the low lows. Yeah, edit out the low lows. Only give me the high highs. Um, uh, tell the listeners how we're gonna be selecting our records this so, time. Discogs. Why don't you tell the listeners how we usually select the records? Okay, we anyways, usually just in case yeah, they're new. In case you're a fucking noob. Uh <laughs> we usually select the records <laughs> via three uh submissions. You know, I'll say, okay, Dan, here's record X, record Y, and record Z. And then Dan says, I want to do this record. And he gets to review that one. I put him on three. And then he puts three on me and he says, okay, you can do fucking record X, Y, Z. And then I pick one. Or I can say, no, fuck all those records. I hate Dashboard Confessional. And I'm going to fucking, <laughs> you know, gamble on the fourth one. And then he can be like, Ha, well, the fourth record, I get to give you whatever, and you do not get to rebuttal it. You have to do it, so I'm giving you Dashboard Confessional. Um, however, But what are we doing this This week? time, shout out to Discogs.com, um, which I will say, I was not hip to the depth of Discogs until you really pushed me. About two months ago, Dan hit me up, and he was like, have you uploaded your collection of Discogs? And I was like, no. And he was like, you should. And I was like, how do you do that? And he was like, you have to do it manually. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I have um, so many Yeah, records. my suggestion <laughs> is that like, if you have started a record collection and you're early in it, like get to it right now. Right away, right away. Because um, it's just kind of like a really cool thing as your collection. I would say as your collection grows larger and, and sometimes, you know, you're at the record store and you need to like double check that you have this record already. Maybe that's when you know Things you have like too many records though. That is when you know that you have I've too done many that. records. I, I bought a, I bought a record during quarantine that I already had. <laughs> I was like, fuck, nice. I gave it to victory. Nice. I was like, here you go, man. You can have this. Yeah. It's a mission. If you've already got a big collection, I started, I had started cataloging at the, around the same marker as you. Like when I had 500, you know, 500 yeah, plus yeah, records. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, it takes a while. It's tedious, but now I've yeah, kind of like gotten. I've I have like a system now though. When I get new records and they like sit in one area oh, of the, set, of the collection until now you until they are in. like cataloged. That's smart, man. My records are all over the house, literally right now because I'm, I'm just doing shit in different rooms. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I need to do that because I've been bad. I've bought ten, fifteen records since I cataloged all my shit, and I haven't put it in yet. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And yeah. then I've sold some records, too. This is the super dope thing about Discogs is that it gives you an ability to, like, see all of your records from the bird's eye view. Like, okay, you have 520 records. And 
your catalog is worth this amount median or this amount at the minimum or this amount at the maximum. And, um, you can be like, well, look like shit, there's this record that I haven't listened to for four years that somebody wants and I'll put it up for 200 bucks and somebody buys that shit and you're like, cool. So it's been awesome for me because I've been able to get, cause I'm moving right to LA in September and I'm trying to get rid of some of the records I don't listen to and that I'm not going to sample and that yeah. are worth something. Um, and Discogs is the shit because I can just like find all of the rare records that you can't get, you know, maybe at your local record shop or whatever. And it's also put me onto a couple super dope, like, uh, local, like online shops, not even local, but one of them is local. Um, they're, uh, fuck, I forget what they're called. Um, but it's, it's, it's just super cool. It's like a whole like world of record collectors and they have a great app too. I don't know if you have the, you have the app. Yeah. Yeah. They have super cool articles and shit. Like, it's not just like, it's not just like this database for like plugging your shit in. It's like, Oh, they're doing interviews and like reviews and articles about like, you know, here's the 10 tapes that sold the most in this month or whatever. Like, so discogs is the shit. So that's how we're going about Portland, it. Oregon too, I believe. Really? Yeah. No shit, dude. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So yeah. Shout out to discogs. Um, also on the app, you have that ID scan, the Portland, Oregon, you're right. Yeah. I haven't used the barcode scanner. It's pretty great. I was using, I was just doing everything on my computer. So that was sort of fun too. Cause like, then I would go have this record. I had, you know, whatever fucking the inner mounting flame by Ma Vishnu orchestra from 1970 something. And, and you like trying to input it and you're like, Oh, this got repressed three times in the states twice in europe there's an original pressing in japan the uk and this other and you're like which one do i have and then you go to the shit and you're like oh like it's just crazy the amount of like organization they have because you go to extra notes and it's like oh yeah barcode reads this that and this and then on the inner bottom left sleeve there's that and that's how you know you have this record <laughs> you know right. and you're like oh shit all right cool that's worth two dollars now but it's like oh it could have been worth three hundred dollars you know uh but that's the other funny thing is like shit's just like like original original mono pressings of like all the classic blue note jazz stuff compared right. to like the represses is crazy it's like all that original shit it's like the beatles too you know obviously it's like so yeah discogs is the shit so what we're doing now is Dan looked at my Discogs collection and I looked at Dan's Discog collection and I said, these are three records from your collection that I would want to listen to. And Dan said, these are three records from your collection. So now I'm going to tell Dan my three records. He's going to say, okay, cool. I want you to listen to that one and then vice versa. Let's do it. So what'd you pick? The first record I picked electric warrior by T-Rex. Nice. I am not super hip to T-Rex. Andy Andy loves T-Rex. He keeps on talking about him. I've listened to them probably 20 times because of Nick and Andy who both fucking love T-Rex uh, and won't shut up about him. But uh, <laughs> this record, but I love their taste in music. So, you know, I, I maybe, you know, I've been meaning to, to get into it. Okay. Uh, the second record, more contemporary. 22 a million by Bon Iver. Hmm. 
listened yeah. to it once. Really? Didn't dislike it at all. Never listened to it again. Um, I did see Bon Iver on his tour of this record, and I didn't know the shit, you know. Um, but this is one that I definitely am like trying to get to know a little bit more because his first two records, you know, huge. The last one too. Huge. Uh, last one's great too. What was the last one? I'm getting lost in all this shit. What was the last one called? I can't even think of the name, but there's oh, one after, I, one after I, I, I. Million. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, this is the tour that I saw him on, and it was dope. Yeah, yeah this was dope. Um, um, that's another record have you that seen, like, I haven't listened to very much. Have you seen the uh, live performance from them in it's like Brooklyn, New York? It's like right after 22 million. Cool. No. Um, I would highly suggest checking that. That that's such a like killer show and like a good capture of a live show. This is um, also a crazy like record because of um like this is when he was doing stuff with like Kanye. You know, like this is like a yeah. this is twenty sixteen. This is a pretty wild time in music. Um so uh, you yeah, know, I, I yeah, I need I need to listen to it either way. Justin Vernon is he's a genius, a dude. I love him amazing. so much, man. Unreal. Yeah, he's um, the shit. What's your third pick? Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that's the one that you're going to pick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, yeah. We have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. been like, I've been waiting for you to madden me. I know. So that I, know, I can pick I that record. No, and I, I want to listen to it, dude. I, 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 I obviously know Semi-Charmed Life and Jumper and uh, Graduate less so. Yeah. But like. It's Graduate. That's graduate. Fine. Yeah. Um, graduate. Whatever the fuck, you know. But like, I, I'm excited to go in. Yeah, I think that Third Eye Blind has probably influenced more bands than you think. No, possibly. I mean, I, and I, yeah, I just I just think that uh that dude kind of changed the the delivery of things in some ways and just like a really good I think a kind of an underrated lyricist at some like sometimes oh, for yeah. as like clever as some of the stuff is and yeah. just uh yeah, I'm stoked. It's a long record, dude. It's an hour, I know. Um, but I think, I mean, most of my favorite songs are towards the back back end. So it's canon. Yeah, it's canon. Got to sure, go as far as like got to go. Third Eye Blind, self titled. I think it's. Uh, I think that yeah, I'm expecting that record like, to occupy such a unique place of like, like pop music, alternative music, like like also some it's gonna have some like third angle that like i'm not like able to put a finger on but like i already right. and like, like know that it has that it's really cool so yeah yeah um i all obviously will have a different attachment to it because it, it's my junior high that's crazy you know it's like every every person i knew had that cd because it was just kind of that times too especially in the suburbs man it's just like every for every me, kid had like stadium you know arcadium what's that for me that was stadium arcadium okay yeah um, <laughs> that's a yeah that's a different it's good that we're gonna split things up into different uh like two different episodes because i think that you know that'll also make it easier to dive into some of those records that are a bit longer yeah like that one and, and also so. to like contextualize like what it like your experience was with the record and like 
you know, go sure. go into it more than like, oh, I heard it in middle school. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. So that'll be cool. But, but All yeah, right, man, man. I, I'm excited. That, that record's hugely influential to a lot of people that I know, and I've never listened to it. Third Eye Blind. That's amazing that we're doing Third Eye Blind. Um, all right, so I picked Steely Dan's Asia. Fuck yeah, dude. I've listened to this album front to back one time. It's amazing. Um, Records the shit. Yeah, I like Steely Dan. You can get it at any record store for like six bucks. Um, what's that one record called? Cheap Thrills or something like that? Um, the one with uh, Dirty Work. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's the record I'm most familiar with, and I and I love that shit. Can't buy a thrill. Um, I also picked uh, Sufjan Stevens. Um, is it Carrie and Carol? Carrie and Lowell. That's funny. That's not even my record. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mark's record that um that he is funny. He needs to take back. Um that's a good record. <laughs> but tell me your fourth you to, tell me your fourth one I'll, because okay. I'm I'm right. I've only listened to that record a few times. But okay, you, so that one doesn't I think count. You, that's a, you would love That's like picking hey, you would love that. You know record. what that is? Mm. That's that's a that's when you hit random on the teams and you get an all star team. And you're like yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Jay Dilla, The Shining. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And Prince, Prince. Oh man, have you ever listened to that Prince record? Not really. I'm like not familiar with what Prince tracks would be on it. I'm not really. I know. I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of a weird thing, but I'm just not that well versed in the Prince stuff. It's never really grabbed me um super heavy like maybe aside from some of the iconic songs so i'm waiting for the day that like my prince phase happens and uh the big prince song on that record is is i want to be your lover you know that song Uh, i believe so oh man this Um, is tough steely dan or prince i mean but is that so is that like one of those is that one of those prince albums though where you just like maybe six or seven of the songs. Yeah. Or is that one you like <laughs> funny really enough, dig front to back? Funny enough, this is the record I was thinking about when I said that. I was like, okay. I was like, well, let's not do that one. Then. Well, no, I was like, there are, I love <laughs> the first three songs. And then when we're dancing yeah. sl- close and slow is like this, like just sort of like flat corny, like late seventies, like ballad. Um, for sure. And then there's another ballad and then it's sort of weird and then it gets back to good. So I love the like first three and the last three songs. And like when I say so love, are we doing the, uh, I love them. Yeah. Um, but Steely Dan, so we're we doing the Jay Dilla record. No, we're not we going to do, Steely we're Dan not going to do the, the Dilla record. Uh, the Dilla record is good, but I don't, I don't know. I can, it's like, you know, it's, it's not the one for me. It's got some, I mean, it's got like one of the best songs ever in So Far To Go, but other than that. Damn, we're going to go Steely Dan and thir- we're going to go Steely Dan? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, well, the thing about the Steely Dan record is that you get Asia, which is the like eight minute, second song on the record, eight minute, like crazy, like sort of like 
weird like bossa nova prog ballad thing with a huge drum solo in the middle and it's badass so yeah let's do this let's do this fucking <laughs> record this record's Damn. so good uh high pull up used to cover peg uh deacon blues is deacon blues is like the song that andy and i drink to deacon blues <laughs> is the song and it's so good um and Looking fucking bernard it. purdy played the drums on this and on this record and maybe steve gad somewhere but um as far as like okay in addition to listening to this record you need to go on youtube and type in the making of asia it's like a 40 okay. minute little documentary about um you know them making this shit Okay. And Dope. I'll check that out for sure. There, the two of them are just like so incredibly, like, just like so anal about everything. Like, just like perfectionist, perfectionist. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to do it. Wow, lots of drummers. Uh, Bernard Purdy, Steve Gad, yeah, Rick Murata, Ed Green. I mean, just the list of players. Yeah, I mean. You'll learn in your research, but Steely Dan is like uh, Walter Becker and fucking Donald Fagan, and it's like the two of them, and then they just like fill in with other cats to play all the instruments and shit, so they like write the songs and produce the shit, and they get cast to play on it, and it's just like studio perfection. Hell yeah. Stoked to dive into it. I'm listening to Deacon Blues Stoke right now. I'm gonna to dive into I'm it. I'm gonna cry when we do this episode. Well, we're gonna do it soon, so get your tissue box ready. Let's do and, let's do uh, this listeners. one first. Let's do this one first. Let's do this this will be the first record that we do uh solo, solo record. Fucking cool. Asia. Next time we're doing Asia from Steely Dan, and that will be followed up by third eye blind <laughs> self-titled why are you laughing debut. when you say it because it's uh, it's just too good good all right it's i can't wait too good um and uh we're gonna play it out with the place from ink this is another two no hour record. two hour podcast brought to you by us two hours yeah. yeah more like two and a half hours what how i haven't even put the music in yet oh yeah and you're going <laughs> to yap at the beginning like you do. I, I keep it, you know, I've been trying to keep it short, you know. <laughs> and you got to anyway, have that fat um, distro kid plug. Got the fat distro kid plug. Thank you. Shout out to uh, distro kid for uh, supporting this thing. Check out that link in the uh, episode notes or find the link in my uh, in my link tree to get 30% off that uh, first year membership, which makes things uh, super cheap. 30% so. man. Um 30%. What would you do That's with that pretty 30% generous you get? Uh, discount? Like you get 30 extra you get what do you, you mean? save 30%. So like what would you do with that extra money? Probably buy a record. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I was trying to play a fucking air horn sound and it fucked up, dude. God damn it, dude. <laughs> fucking really? God damn it. Alright, you gotta cut that in at the right time.
Yeah. You're going to have to do some you're going to have to do some editing magic on this. Yeah. There's going to be uh, hey, as long as I don't have to edit your microphone uh, yeah, man. quality, I'll, I'll be a happy fucking dude and No promises until you so. hear it. Who knows? Um But yeah. Good shit. Play uh Yeah, man. Until next time, um send us an email about maybe some records you want to be heard talked about or uh if you if you want to share your comments on some of the records that we've done on this episode or in the past you yep, know we, we'd love 13. to hear you hear 26 records you. we've talked about volume 13 20 we've talked records. about 26 records and uh um, most of them have been positive is, uh we've we've been we've been positive yeah, most, most of them of have them. been positive there's only one bad one um this one <laughs> This was a very positive one, though, and uh, just two killer records. So check out the Land of Talk and uh, as well as the Ink record. I'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can follow the artist as well as uh, my cuzzo here uh, and uh, and his music projects as well. Inside Voices Records, your label, all that jazz. And uh, the place? Mm-hmm. The place. This is the place. This is the place. All right, cuz. Love you. We went deep again. Do it, man. It hurts to be by your side. I know I have to try to be my best because that is all the evidence. I know there's something wrong with my feeling. Oh, I have a way